Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. This is the weekly chat number 43. Let's discuss all the things that happened this week in our lives, in entertainment, and whatever we want to talk about. Hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Jim, did you see the Fast and Furious 10 trailer? The Fast X trailer? Of <laughs> Fast course. X. They, you know what's crazier is they had a huge like in-person event for the oh, release really? of this trailer. It happened yeah. the other night in Los Angeles. They had like thousands of people. They had this huge venue. They had a trailer reaction, a reveal with like two plays, and then they had the stars there like coming Damn. out. It was like a Comic-Con just for Fast X. And it's a successful they franchise. Had, they had props. They had the cars. You could do like a experience where like you're in the green in front of a green screen. They put you like on the sets, like the fake sets. It's wild. It's literally like its own like Comic-Con. Yeah, it, the, and they really, the dial is 211 on this trailer. I, I thought it was extra ridiculous this time. <laughs> Speaking of trailers, so yesterday we did a reaction to the Flash trailer that was on the Super Bowl as well as we talked about the Super Bowl. So Go check that out because we're not really going to talk about all that stuff. But the Fast X thing is absolutely insane. But this week's been going so well. I just went for a terrific run, and I had a great experience where I saw a coyote. And it was like it's, oh, it yeah. was noon at the top yeah. of that big hill, mm-hmm. the, the big hike. They're always around there. And um, I, I was running up the hill. I do, It's one of my, my weekly runs. Oh, do you run, bro? <laughs> I didn't know. If, if anyone didn't know, <laughs> I've been known to lace up the sneaks. And so I'm running up the hill and I'm, I'm almost there. And this this young woman with a dog come like the dog comes like sprinting down the hill. And usually whenever I see a dog, like they always like come up and say hi. And I, I love to pet dogs, but it just bombed right past me. <laughs> I like dogs. I like turtles. I, I like turtles. <laughs> this dog bombed right past me. I'm like, all right, whatever. And then the lady just I ran past her. I said, hey, good morning. She said, hey, good morning. Um, and then I almost made it to the top of the hill. And then I saw a coyote at the top. I'm like. Wow, thanks for letting me know that there's a coyote up here. Because <laughs> clearly the coyote chased the dog down the hill, and the uh-huh. dog got scared because mm-hmm. he was booking it. Did the He's, owner even realize? I, I'm sure the owner realized because I saw them at the top of the hill, yeah. and then they came running down the hill. But the dog, it, it wasn't on a leash, so he just legit like yeah, yeah. sprinted past me. He didn't even look at me, which is odd for a dog. Yeah, put that thing on silent, Anthony. First time in the entire history but like, of the podcast. I, I, and I was like, I said hi to the lady. I always say hi to people when I go past them, and then she didn't even tell me there's a coyote 15 feet above me. Man, yeah. Not that I'm scared of like a like a coyote. Of course you're not. Of course me. you're not. No, they don't attack <laughs> humans. It's very rare, unless they're, and especially if they're by themselves. But you don't know if they're. It's a mother coyote, and it has cubs or whatever uh, pups. I mean, and so maybe it could act aggressively towards somebody if they come close to wherever the baby. So you were are. scared. I wasn't scared. I just didn't go up there. I just kept my distance, but we stared each other down. <laughs> but like- I made it. I went like maybe 15 feet away from it, and I just like stared at it, and I was like, "What's up, dude?" And then I ran back down. But then I saw an, an older couple doing the same kind of walking up, and I I warned them about the coyote at the top of the hill. I'm like, "Hey, don't go all the way to the top." I doubt they would have made it, but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> they're pretty old. <laughs> but I was like, "Hey, there's a coyote up there." Be careful. They're like, oh my God, thanks for letting us know. But then I'm like, this girl didn't let me know that there's a coyote up there. Man. Like, she probably wanted to see what would happen. <laughs> She's probably like, whatever. <laughs> She's probably well, like well, hiding behind a bush with the camera. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay, man. Yeah, nothing happened. 
<laughs> but I'm just saying, if there's like an, a wild animal like that, yeah, 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 you should yeah, tell yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. A, I always like if I see a skunk, I'm like, hey, careful! I saw a skunk over there or, wow. or something. <laughs> you gotta. I don't, hey, man! Did you guys hear this? This guy. What a guy! I am. What a, a good. Samaritan. I am a good Samaritan. <laughs> I'm merely a good Samaritan. I'm really surprised <laughs> you didn't give us the reward. Sick reference, bro. Osborne Cox. <laughs> I burn after reading. Our neighborhood actually gets a lot of coyote traffic, and I remember I was on a, I was just on a walk. I went to the grocery store like three weeks ago, and it was like six p.m. The sun had just set. It was it wasn't even it wasn't even late in the evening, but it was it was dark. And then our neighborhood is just like it's just a pretty easy like basic neighborhood. There's a ton of houses, a ton of ranches, just small houses. People and, live here. People, it's like, <laughs> but it's not like it's not like not a lot of open par- area. It's not an apartment complex. Yeah, it's, it's just, just like blocks of houses densely, everywhere, densely settled yeah. suburb. And I was just walking to the grocery store, and then across the street, I saw just three coyotes just walking along their merry way. I was like, "What the fuck? It's six p.m. <laughs> what are they doing in here?" And it's, it's crazy. You'll just see them sometimes, but they always keep to themselves. I don't think they're very dangerous, but I would never want to mess with them, obviously, because their teeth are very sharp. Like their teeth are extremely sharp. They can chew through flesh, no problem. So you don't want to mess with them. But yeah, they, I don't see, especially one by itself, trying to attack a larger animal, like a animal five times its size, maybe bigger. So yeah, I felt like I'm sure you could have handled it and could have scared it off if you like screamed at it. Well, the thing with coyotes, specifically in North America, is they're in every city. They're in every major city. They usually come out at night. So it's kind of rare to see one like broad daylight like I did today at noon. But still, it was at the top of like... A hill that's like a height. Yeah, I see them there all the time in the day. Desert terrain, yeah. just bushes everywhere. So, like, it's behind a college, and it's actually in between a college and a high school. Tons of space, tons of hills. So, like, they probably live in, in peace up they there. They have, like, you know? little dens uh, buried, buried into the earth. So, I'm sure that that coyote probably was a mother that had some pups somewhere. And they're everywhere, everywhere in every city. You usually see them at night if you see them, but they're very stealthy. They're very quiet. They're small. They're, you know, they, they go together in packs, but... They're they're very low key. You would never notice that. Like yeah. you could go to your car in the middle at like eight p.m. just to get in your car or like take out the trash. You wouldn't know there's probably a coyote pretty close to you. There's a good chance they're everywhere, man. <laughs> Especially in L.A. I see Watch them all, out, guys. I they're, see them all over. They're the place. watching, <laughs> but they've they've gone everywhere because I believe, I believe they were only in the Southwest for a while. Then I think it was the 19th century. There was a big coyote problem, and the United States government. I can't remember who was the president at the time. But they ordered the eradication of coyotes in the United States. And so they tried to kill every coyote because I guess they were just going after farms and animals and crops and stuff like that. So they're trying to get rid of them because they they are a menace to farms and, and animals and they gorge on on whatever they can find, especially chickens and stuff like that. And I believe I can't remember where, what year it was, but I'm pretty sure it was the 19th century. They tried to kill all the coyotes in America, and what ended up happening? What this happens actually? It's kind of like a an instinct to the species is when you try to kill them, they just populate more and more, and they disperse and they grow and they have more pups per pregnancy, and it's it's pretty crazy what happens to their species when you try to kill them. And then they've gotten to the point where they are now in pretty much every state in America, I believe, as well as in almost or pretty much every major city in the United States, as well as now they're in Canada as well in Mexico. So it's it's incredible how they tried to kill them all in in the Southwest, and then they just spread and grew exponentially everywhere. Wasn't there an animal that was overrun in Australia and they tried to take it all out? I'm pretty sure it was cats. Was it cats? I think it was cats. I'm trying to remember. House cats or just not house cats? Something because someone brought cats over there. 
there, and they were decimating the rodent population uh-huh. in Australia. And so they had, like, I believe for a while, maybe it's still a thing where it's like, yeah, go kill cats if you can. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> I doubt that. It was they. They were. I mean, get them. <laughs> no, but string them up because it destroys the the ecosystem. If you're yeah, yeah. If they because they were destroying rodent populations, mm-hmm. which yeah, are have, every yeah. every part of the ecosystem is essential to the, the homeostasis of functioning of the environment, and they were just killing everything because cats are killing machines. I mean, Juno. I tell people all the time, he's very <laughs> cute, but if if he was the same size as us, he would eat us. He would kill us and eat us. Versus okay, a, I got it. Feral cats, feral cats. Feral cats. Feral cats threaten the survival of over 100 native species in Australia. They have caused the extinction of some ground-dwelling birds and small to medium-sized mammals. So not just rats. Okay, yeah. They're they've been they're killing hundreds of animals. They are also a major cause of decline for many land-based endangered animals such as the bilby, bandicoot, bandicoot, batong, and numbat. So yeah, feral cats are a problem in Australia. So I think I remember reading a story about Australia like taking action and trying to get rid of them. It's like, good job. Go go out with a rifle. <laughs> it sounds terrible to say, but you you kind of have to control populations but like so cute. that. But yeah, they kill so many birds, especially in in, uh, in the United oh, yeah, States and North yeah. America. They kill like four billion birds a Whoa. year. Like just house cats, domesticated house cats kill. Well, birds. we had a, we had a cat Max, and he was the best predator I've ever seen for any house cat I've ever met. Like he would. Bring home so many animal, dead he, animals. It would break my heart what he would bring yeah. home every day. Yeah, he would bring <laughs> home little tiny bunnies. He would bring home birds, like also like chipmunks, like and he would just leave them on the doorstep. And we, would just, we would just we would just take a broom and brush them into the nearby sewer. There was a I think <laughs> a mouth like sewer graveyard <laughs> of animal bones. I know it was wild because <laughs> like I got it was to like the, the sarlacc yeah, pit. It got to the point where it's like I'm not picking up another dead animal. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna brush it into the fucking sewer. There's like a mouse on the porch every day. He got a lot of animals. Like that neighborhood emptied. Like he just he's decimated them, it. Because he's bringing them back as toys. But that's the thing with cats is like they're eating at home. They're not eating these animals. They're just killing to kill. For fun. Because that's what they got to do. It's just an instinct. I got They constantly have to murder. Yeah. They, they are always looking to kill. Like when Juno sees a bird, the look on his eyes and the noises he the makes. The jaw. It's, <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. <laughs> I got a murder, murder, and then the, the jaw like vibrating. <laughs> yeah, they're they're murderers. <laughs> but did you ever see that? Uh, yeah, remember there was the Planet Earth documentary, the series that came out a few years ago, maybe five years ago, and one of the episodes was about animals who have wild animals who have acclimated into cities in whether they be big metropolitan cities or like modest sized villages or towns. And animals, it was really cool. They showcased animals like coyotes, like pigeons, all sorts of animals that have integrated inside human populations secretively to survive or, or like out in the open like pigeons to just like they've adapted from a natu- nature environment into a city environment. It was a really cool episode. Raccoons are big on that. Yeah, raccoons. Yeah. Awesomes. Have Possums. I ever told the story about the raccoons that were swimming in the pool in the backyard? I don't know. Have you? So this was... About a year ago, we had I think I, I think I might have, but just to do a refresher because it's this such a good story. A, it's a funny story. We had like a summer like water party in the backyard. We had like a blow up pool. We had water slip and slides, shots. It was beer pong, shots. everything. It was a lot of fun, and it was like during the day. And in the backyard, we had an inflatable pool that our roommate Mo Money. She's like, don't worry, guys, I'll take it down because like this was kind of like her big party, like her big blow up before she left the house. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so it was full of water and it was nasty water because those inflatable pools, once you get people sitting in them for like a couple hours, they get gross. They get the water is just like brown with just like sunblock and sweat and dirt from walking. It was in getting rotten. It was getting it's pretty disgusting. bad smelling. But um, she kept putting off emptying and cleaning she, it. <laughs> she, she had a rough couple days because she went hard that she, day. It was, a, it was a five day bender. Yeah, it wasn't so she, a couple. It was of like days. her big love before like yeah. moving away, and because she's she's the best. But the inflatable pool was had water in it still for like two days, and she kept saying, I, "I'm gonna do it, guys. Don't worry, don't do it." Like we cleaned up plenty but like she's like i want to clean we're up. great party cleaners yeah. but she's like i, I gotta do it I, I it was my party so i'm doing it. we're like yeah sure whatever so then the water which in the pool which was like maybe five feet away from my bedroom window still had water in it it was kind of just nasty water but i was like hey she's gonna do it i'm not fucking touching that <laughs> and then the middle of the night uh i heard like a splash and i'm like and it woke me up i'm like what the fuck was that and i heard the motion sensor lights go on in the backyard i saw them go on and i look out my window and there are three raccoons, I legit, I swear to God, swimming in that little pool. Like, I swear, one had its arms on, like, the, like, it was, like, sitting in a jacuzzi. Its elbows were up. It was, like, kicking Floating. its feet. Another one was doing the backstroke. They were just chilling in that pool because it was the summertime. It was hot as hell. It's L.A. And they found, like, a little body of water to relax in and cool off. And they were having the time of their lives. And I was, like, I was so angry because I was trying to sleep. And these goddamn <laughs> raccoons were keeping me up. But at the same time, I was, like, this is kind of freaking awesome. I wish you took a photo or video. I went out with the flashlight just to scare them away because I was just, like, an old man in his underwear. Like, get off my lawn. <laughs> what are you whippersnappers doing? It was, it was really cute. And I, I watched them for a few minutes because I've never seen anything like it before. And they were just, like, living their lives and having a blast in this little pool of water. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we throw a party. One had a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like. When we throw big parties... You and I are really good about, we do as much cleaning at the end of the party as we can. Rather than leaving a mess for the next morning, which, because, like, there's nothing worse than waking up and having to do, like, an hour's worth of cleaning, especially, like, after a party. With a hangover, yeah. So we always, like, when the party's over, <clears throat> we clean all the, anything that has food on it or touching it, or we, and we just get rid of anything that's liquid, and we just trash it all, clean it all, put it all in the dishwasher, rinse everything off, and then... The next morning, we'll do like a sweep and a, and a vacuuming. But I feel like that's always the best way to go about post-party cleaning, to do as much as you can that night while you're still kind of like feeling good and buzzed. And you're like, because like if you wake up the next morning and you have so much cleaning to do, it's so demoralizing and you also feel like crap. So I always like to, we always like to do as much cleaning like at the end, near the tail end of the party. But you can only do it if you start cutting yourself off yeah. from the sangria. <laughs> <laughs> you can do both. You can do both. <laughs> if you're having a little too much fun, then then yeah. I um I made pasta recently for the first time in a while. Like I haven't been making pasta in a while, but I'm trying to put on some mass. Getting them gains, trying to bro. Get, some gains. get those gains. And it's so it's almost impossible to do, especially with consistently doing so much cardio, but also not eating, not overeating, like going over your BMI or BMR. And so I've just been eating more carbs and, and, and protein. Carbs are great for your muscles. And so I was like, I, I got some rigatoni. I made a meat sauce and it was absolutely delicious. But this might be TMI, but the <laughs> the toxic gas that's been coming out of me has it's been bad. insane. We were in the last 12 hours. Yeah. I've seen you walk out of the house like 50 times in the it last was crazy. two days. I swear, in my run today, I swear there's a chemtrail following me. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was it was honestly terrible sometimes. I forgot yeah. how how bad it can be when you have like a lot of pasta, especially because I haven't had pasta in like a probably like a month. I haven't had like Jimmy had pasta, but I got the rigatoni. I made it. And red meat does it to me as well, but I I forgot how bad it is with pasta. Yes, the flour. Well, did you get imported or? It was from Trader Joe's. Yeah, but they have they have American made and they have imported. I believe it's imported from Italy. It has the right. Italian flag on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. They, it's just I think my body like I haven't had it in a while that yeah. that much at a time. And it was just I forgot how much I forgot how wheat can do that to your body. Yeah, man. It's just, that's what it does. It's man. insane. Yeah. That's I guess I'm I'm more used to it, but. Yeah, no, yeah. If I eat a ton of bread, I'll feel that I'll get that reaction. But it was, it was like you were like a dust cloud, <laughs> a toxic dust cloud yesterday. A little TMI, but it's a funny story. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny seeing you cook pasta. I was like, whoa, this guy never eats pasta. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> trying, trying to get some gains. No more celery and peanut butter. <laughs> I, 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 no, I'll still eat my celery and peanut butter. I got it in the fridge. I'm gonna have, it, I'm gonna have that after this. How'd you know? I love my celery. What's wrong with celery and peanut butter? <laughs> Nothing's wrong with it. I know I'm I'm the minority when it comes to celery. I understand that. Well, what what would make you feel more comfortable if I ate carrots with it? No, I'm, I, you can eat whatever you want. I'm not uncomfortable. I just think it's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pulled it out the other day and you at came, eight a.m. <laughs> listen, I'll eat whatever I want. Whatever I like my celery at a.m. Who gives a who cares? It's nutritious. It's just the weirdest thing I've ever seen anyone eat for breakfast. I just felt like eating celery and peanut butter. <laughs> Because I don't like to, I don't like the whole thing of like you can only have eggs for breakfast or you can only have like why, why, why can't I have whatever I want for breakfast? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, you can, you can have whatever you want, but I just thought it was so weird. It is weird. It was weird to see. Come on. All right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put yourself in my shoes. Yeah, I, I wake up and I see you eating celery and peanut butter at <laughs> eight fifteen. I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> All right, when you put it like that, it's weird. The tuxedo seem fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> but there, I remember you had a phase where you cooked eggs, ham, and toast for breakfast every single well, I mean, day, it, dude. It was awesome every single day. It was when I left my for job. like two months. It was like a celebration because I never like had time to do this, and I was like, I'm gonna do something great for myself every morning, and I was making eggs, ham, and, and or I'd make an egg sandwich, and it was incredible. But then I was sick of cleaning up all the goddamn <laughs> so pots much and pans fucking cleanup. It's insane just to make an egg sandwich. Two pods, I mean, two pans, I mean, the toaster oven, your, your knife for your butter, and it's insane. Yeah, the plate, I plate, mean, it's a lot of work. It's ins- lot. To do every day, it's a lot of work. And then it's like a three-minute meal. Yeah. Because it's just eggs and toast. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, I'm de- demolishing it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I just remember, I remember seeing you do that day day after day, and I was like, he's going to stop at one point. I know he is. He's, he's just going to get, it's going to get to him. It's going to get to him. I know it. But I, I'm telling you, I felt so great those three months. Probably because I had just left my job, but also like I think that's just I think eating something early is like is a thing that I I believe in. I have to have some kind of breakfast. Well, yeah, you're you're the wake and eat kind of person. Wake, wake, wake and, and bake, wake, wake and, and eat. Well, I don't bake, but <laughs> <laughs> wake and bake, bro. <laughs> we used to. But yeah, you you're the kind of person that you eat right away. I'm a breakfast person. I know a lot of people aren't. I didn't used to be. I used to do the whole intermittent fasting. I did that for like two years. I wouldn't eat until noon. Wow. And I would only I would only have black coffee until noon, and I hated it because <laughs> I was like I just want to eat some food. Like, so I, I've changed it up because I love to eat. So now I have breakfast. I actually don't really have breakfast that much. It's but it's just because like uh, my stomach doesn't want to eat. It, it always like I don't feel good if I eat too early. I make it myself doesn't do it. It doesn't agree with you me. You get used to it, but 
uh, it's like that at first early on, but yeah. you, you just train your body to be like, well, something's going in there and <laughs> get ready. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but I, I'm fine with waiting until noon to eat. And it's just cause like, I don't even want to eat, but like I'll have a, if I'll, I'm happy to have a protein shake. That's like my most common breakfast is a protein shake. Do you go to the gym, uh, fasted? Depends on what I'm doing. Like I, I went for a jog fasted today, but if I'm going heavy lift, I'll have a shake on the way to the gym. I get that. It depends yeah. on like if you're cutting or not too for me, because I'll never usually run with the, on an empty stomach, because hmm. I always like try to go for, for performance more than anything, uh-huh. especially right now because I'm trying to eat more. It's kind of a a chore to eat more when you're trying to put on mass. It it kind of is like exhausting. Well, <laughs> when I when I run after eating, even within even like only even if I wait two hours, like I I feel like kind of sick when i run that you get used to as well so that's something that takes a while mm-hmm. like, like i feel like i'm gonna it's like coming up i used to feel that same way like because i usually have oatmeal before a long run because oatmeal is something that's really easily digestible and gives you long lasting energy versus something uh-huh. like bread yeah versus oatmeal so i always have oatmeals before long runs but i used to always like feel it the first couple miles yeah and, like feel it slosh and it gives you like a stomach ache but after a while like it's no big deal like i could eat while i run at this point <laughs> <laughs> i could roll the piece of pizza you're eating fine. some ribs i could i i've i've eaten while run before plenty of times believe me well in marathons you have to get some more sustenance yeah so like they'll like have the stands with like sometimes there's bananas and fruit and, and oranges and all sorts of stuff like that in the pouches. Mm, yeah. But yeah, I've gone with like on runs with like oranges before. It's no big deal. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, at this point, I just have two meals a day and that's it. I just have lunch and dinner. That's it. I like Sometimes eat. I have a snack, but like that's it. I never I, have breakfast. I'll have like three meals, but I eat all day too as well. Like You I'm just con- never stop eating. I'm constantly munching on something. Yeah, you're a squirrel. I'm like Brad Pitt in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always munching. I'm always munching on chocolate-covered almonds or celery and peanut butter or, or, or something. I'm always opening the fridge. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, I can't go into the kitchen without opening it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I don't like... Uh, I don't buy. I don't like buying snacks and sweets because I can't control myself. And we got a bunch of Girl Scout cookies this past week. We got what four boxes, five boxes, and I could not control myself. <laughs> Me neither, dude. <laughs> I I don't. I didn't tell you this, but I threw out the last last box of Thin Mints because I was like, I can't stop eating them. You threw them out. <laughs> yeah, there's only there's only one thing left. But like, wow. I, hey, you know what? We had plenty. You had plenty of cookies. My roommate had plenty of cookies. I had plenty of cookies. I made the decision. I'm getting rid of these because I can't stop eating them. Canceled. So that's and say, tortilla chips. I can't. If I get tortilla chips, I will eat that whole bag in two days. I can't. I can't control myself. I can't stop myself from snacking. So because of that, I don't buy snacks. It's such a uh, a luxury in first world yeah. problem. You could say. Oh yeah, and, yeah. You know, I I feel grateful for having the supply of food that we have at our fingertips anytime. We've we've grown up in that world. But it is tough to not open the fridge every time I walk past it. <laughs> Sometimes I just open up the fridge cabinet and say, I have no intention of eating, but I just want to look at everything. Yeah. You ever do that? Yeah. You just like open the cabinet, just like take a look around. And you fucking know what's in there. You know there's only yeah. like bread and tuna fish and cinnamon. You know it's in there. Yeah. And you open it anyways just in case. What, what if like donuts appear? Did I buy something amazing and forget about Wait, it? Wait, look at behind behind this jar of peanut butter. I forgot I couldn't about tell this you. slice of pizza I, that was in there. I couldn't tell you how many times a day I just opened the fridge or cabinet to look inside to see if there's something there that I don't, already know isn't there. <laughs> I just I don't even take anything out. I just look at it and then I'm like, okay, I saw it. I saw it. And then 10 minutes later you do it again. <laughs> do it again. It's like pulling up Just Instagram. in case. Just in case you missed something. 
I might admit there might be something behind the, the oats. Something good. <laughs> something good in there. <laughs> I fucking do it all the time. It's man. weird how brains work, man. All the time. It's Sometimes weird. I'm like, oh, what if, is there something in this drawer in the fridge? Never anything in the drawer in the fridge because I never put anything in there. Open up the silverware container. <laughs> Maybe there's something in here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is there a cookie in here or something? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's like it's like we're just like we are animals, just like <laughs> looking looking for food in the dirt. We need to forage. Yeah. We don't forage yeah. anymore. It's like we're looking through. A Tree, we don't hunt, we don't forage, we go to the grocery store. So like our brains are like, keep looking, look for. Did something. I get all the nuts over here? Let me see if there's any nuts. Gonna find some loot. <laughs> get that loot, kid. <laughs> the Hogwarts, get that Hogwarts loot. The Last of Us loot. <laughs> What's funny is uh, I haven't even watched that many movies this past week. It's not because of Hogwarts. It's because every movie I've watched this past week is over three hours long. <laughs> it's taken me two, two days to watch each movie. Heat was excellent. Heat, yeah. we're posting our episode on tomorrow, review and analysis. It was yeah. such a great film, such an incredible discussion. That's Again, we, we keep pulling out these bangers that we've been saving in the freezer for a while. With, with Pulp Fiction recently, with Heat tomorrow, and we're going to keep doing so many great movies because the way we've kind of just restructured our weekly content in episodes, I think it's going to be a lot more exciting going forward in terms of us really talking about movies that we really want to talk about. Grew up loving. Versus, yeah. As well as keeping up to date and relevant with movies that are coming out, as well as incorporating more TV. Because after The Last of Us, we'll do probably like Mandalorian on Mondays or some other show on Mondays or, or uh, Succession possibly. Does, when does Mando come out? March 1st. Okay, yeah, we can do that. We, can do a, we should do a series one through three review of Succession. Yeah, that would be a blast yeah. because Succession and Mando are both coming out very soon. And I believe Mando will be on Wednesdays. That's the one thing. So maybe we'll do that for like Fridays Thursdays. or something. Or no, yeah, we got to do the next maybe day. Maybe we'll, we'll do Thursdays for Mando and go put the big yeah, movie episodes the the world back to movie. Monday. Yeah. So like we're not we're, – we're learning that – Not as rigid. Not to be afraid of changing things around temporarily or just because it'll fit schedules in terms of content that's coming out around the world in the entertainment world. So and it's been a lot more fun and – you know, obviously we'll always do every new Marvel and DC movie and Star Wars movie and everything that comes out, but we still always, we really do want to still talk about these movies that we grew up loving so much and still adore, like Heat and Pulp Fiction. Maybe some of these, these are movies you've only seen once or twice if you're listening and then you listen to our episode or you rewatch it because of our episode and you realize, holy crap, I haven't seen this movie in 10 years and I forgot how absolutely sensational it was because there's a different world of Hollywood where... They were these studios. Their goal was to make great films off unique ideas and terrific scripts versus getting an IP and milking it for everything it's worth. Yeah. Which are, there are pros and cons to that. You yeah, know, I yeah. love yeah. Batman, I love DC, and I love a lot of these Marvel movies and Star Wars. But it comes to a point where I do miss the movies that were consistently getting made with big budgets. You don't want Toy Story Five? We. <laughs> You posted a great meme of it's the Ben Sarai, Sarai sent it to oh, me. Oh yeah, thanks, Sarai. Of, of Ben Affleck, the smoking meme of him like, <laughs> it's just like, it's he's Woody with the hat and the sheriff's badge. It's like <laughs> Toy Story Five was just announced by Disney. This is Woody. This is Woody. Hey, they lost five bill, so they need to make make it up somehow. Yeah, someone asked me. We actually got a few questions of people asking why they why we think Disney is going back to making a Toy Story 5. We talked about this in movie 3. news on Sunday as well, yeah. but we'll bring it up again. So Disney lost a lot of money the past few years, and so with Bob Iger now in charge again, I, I'm guessing that his his goal is like, we need to make the company profitable again, and we need to make the shareholders happy that they're not losing their investment, so we need to go back to the hits. And so That's it, what they're doing. It's complicated because... 
JPEG took over in 2020 because Bob Iger left r- like two weeks before the pandemic hit in February 2020. Yeah. And then JPEG came in. But the thing is, is Iger, you could say, you know, he had greenlit a lot of the things that were happening and coming out in 2020, 2021, 2022, and then JPEG's gone. So now Iger's back. But they are cutting 7,000 jobs. We talked about this in movie news. They cut 7,000 jobs in an attempt to save $5 billion right away because That's a lot of they jobs. lost. I think they lost over four billion in just two quarters. They lost a crap ton of money, and it seems like Disney Plus was not a good investment. So to that's where that that's where I think Chapek did wrong. I think he went heavy into Disney Plus, which is why they outed him. And it's complicated because you know this was the time lockdown. Our movies yeah. coming back. What should we do? Let's build this platform. Let's every every studio was building their studio, their streaming platforms. Even though Disney Plus launched in 2019 at the end of the year. They're still, they didn't have this much content planned. And then I think they just bombarded people with too much content and too much, too many TV shows that maybe it was quality over quant, I mean, quantity over quality for a lot of people. And they lost a lot of subscribers. I think they, they lost like over two and a half million subscribers in the last two quarters from Disney Plus. So it ended up not working out so far with Disney Plus. And there are rumors of them trying to maybe licensed some of their original content to other studios and platforms like Paramount or or Warner Brothers or whatever to like have access and to stream some of their shows, which would be a shocker, which again would show that I never expected that would happen. They yeah. lost so much money. And Warner Brothers, of course, they try to recuperate the they, they try to recuperate like two billion with all their layoffs they had uh that recently with their change. And but to see Disney do it to save over five billion with layoffs Holy crap! There, they lost a lot of money. The mistake I think that they made with the, uh, with their idea of of the streaming and with Disney Plus, and it, the mistake was not making it, but going so heavy into it and basically throwing all their eggs into that basket is the problem with the streaming with Disney is what's their brand? Their brand, their family brand, and so you you could say you could say that the majority of people who would watch a Disney movie or show are under the age of eighteen, so they're not adults. And so, who who's buying subscriptions for streaming for a streaming app? It's an adult, nine nine times out of ten. It's not like there are twelve year olds buying HBO Maxes. You know what I mean? So, every other streaming service they have plenty of family content, but they also hit lots of adult oriented content. So that they're getting the people that would buy subscriptions. They're making plenty of content for those pe- for everyone to be like, oh, I'll, you know, HBO Max has all these options. I'm gonna get this. So I think that. Not making enough adult-oriented content is the reason why Disney Plus isn't as performing as well as the other well, apps. It's debatable because Disney also is Hulu, so Hulu is like their other app. But I believe they're not touching Hulu at all for now. I think all these cuts just pertain to Disney and Disney Plus, probably because it seems like Hulu is going to stay intact because that's their other big platform that people still, I don't think, understand is owned by Disney as well and operated by Disney. Under that umbrella, their more mature content for sure is there, as well as reality shows. I mean, reality shows, but tons. Of, they have a ton of stuff. 20th Century Studios. They a lot of the content from 20th Century Fox is on Hulu versus Disney Plus. So pretty mm. much everything that came from 20th Century Studios in that purchase, which is now 20th, 20th Century Pictures, no, tw- 20th, 20th Century Studios. It's now 20th Century Studios. It was 20th Century Fox Searchlight. No, 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 no. So, so let me. Do this. 20th Century Fox has been the company for the last 90 years. 
Fox Searchlight was an independent branch of that to make independent um, smaller films. Right, now it's just Searchlight. Yeah, now it's just Searchlight, and also, and then the big company is now just 20th Century Studios. Gotcha. So all that's on Hulu. All that, all those movies mm-hmm. and properties are over on Hulu. Disney Plus, I think it's just a little different because you're right. It's just a kid's audience, but still, you would think that— No, every- but yeah, but they want people to buy a Hulu su- subscription and a Disney Plus You get the bundle. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. Like, not enough people got the Disney subscription. I think also just the content people were not digging. It's clear. I mean, if you make terrific, great shows and movies consistently, people will subscribe oh, yeah. to your service. Yeah. But it seems like I said they went quantity over quality for a lot of their projects. I think a lot of their shows have been hit or miss. Some have been good. Some have been meh. I think The Mandalorian's their best project, their breast TV series right now. It's de- definitely the breast. It's. <laughs> It's their breast project. <laughs> breast project? But other Say than, best. Best. But other than that. <laughs> so Disney also, they have not even come close to recuperating the cost of buying 20th Century Studios. So they spent $79 billion on the on the studio. No, it was like $120. No, I believe it was $79 billion from what I read. Let me double check. Yeah, double check it. Whatever it is, their recent string of big failures at the box office, especially the last two years, and most notably with uh, many of their animated films and then also their MCU projects have not become very profitable. Many of their most recent MCU movies are making 400 million 500 tops, but mostly around 400 million, which is not what they want. They want to make 600 to break even and then they can profit. So whenever the, the Eternals made 400, they want that to make 600 million. So a lot of the MCU Shang-Chi didn't make 700 million like they wanted it to. So and then you go back to the, a lot of their recent animated films, Strange World Made like seventy million I it was global, less than that. global seventy was it that million. Much? But, but it, still, it was but it cost them two hundred fifty million in total to to produce and market that film. So Lightyear too. Lightyear only made two hundred million, and they wanted a billion on that. And there's a couple others that just were very um, mediocre performances at the box office. No way home, huge box office. Yeah. That seventy five percent went to Sony. Yeah. So yes, No Way Home. Sony got almost all the money. Disney got a small bit of it. So that's not. That's not a Disney movie. That's not a Marvel movie. It's a Sony production and, and Sony distribution. So Disney is very much in the red in a big way. Probably, even though they bought a lot of these studios and companies, Pixar, Star Wars, Marvel, now 20th Century, they are paying for it right now, and they are deeply, deeply in debt. So they're trying to, right now, Iger's mission is to make the company profitable again. And that's why they're going to go back to things that they know are sure hits. Obviously, Toy Story 5 is not going to make the most money in the world because from what I've seen everywhere online, nobody's reacting well to it. But even though it's getting bashed online, announcing it, it's still going to make money. When it comes out, families are going to take their kids to see it. 500 mil, easy. It'll make probably 750, my guess. So it will be a success. They know it will be. And same thing with Zootopia 2, same thing with Frozen 3. They're playing it safe right now. Frozen Three might make a bill. Yeah, Frozen Three will. The second one did very well as well. So, and Zootopia is was very successful. So, I expect Zootopia to do well. So, right now, Disney's just trying to recuperate their their debts, and they're gonna be making a lot of safe choices and a lot of repetitive choices for the next couple of years because they are so deeply in the red. This is what we try to tell people all the time with these box offices. They're really misleading, especially the reporting on them. When you see these movies, you know, $450 million on a budget of 250 Oh, that's a profitable film. It's really not. 
it not even close. maybe maybe comes close to breaking even and maybe will become profitable in five to ten years off merchandise and VOD sales and subscriptions eventually but these movies need to make a crap ton of money because the budgets are so high and you're splitting profits with movie theaters. That's what no one ever takes into consideration when they write these articles about box office hit $500 million on a $250 million, $300 million budget, whatever. That's not a hit. Even if it's like $150 million, that's not what they're looking for. They need they, These movies need to make a ton of money because, again, from the budget, add probably half that because of the marketing campaign. So if it's $150 million... It's probably a $200, $225 million total budget. Yeah. Plus, that's just what we're told. Every movie ever made has a ballooning budget that's off the that's secretly under the, the books. books. No yeah. one knows about. There's massive costs that right never get reported. Yeah. And so many like things that studios get to evade when they're making their films when it comes to finances. There's a lot of loopholes that show that that maybe add another twenty five, fifty million dollars to a huge like Hollywood blockbuster or giant production. Like and then we're looking at two hundred fifty, really three hundred million dollar movie. Reshoots, they won't tell you how much reshoots often cost. That's opening up in theaters. You got to these movie theaters, they're making money off the tickets too. It's not just for yeah. the studio. So, and then, I mean, depending on back end for actors in some of these movies, they're getting percent gross off ticket sales. Yeah. Some of them. The big ones, Downey was getting a huge portion of the back end. And the bigger the star, the bigger they'll get. Downey's probably the last one. To, I think Disney prevents that from getting into contracts. But, I mean, uh, Scarlett Johansson was the last one to get a major. She got 60 mil back end because of Black Widow. Well, and because of the lawsuit. Yeah. Then what did Disney have? Five or six theatrical releases in 2022, something like about that. About that, yeah. Five or six, something like that. Not counting Prey, which was digital release, and that's who the one is. But I'm talking about like Disney, so like MCU, Pixar, much, pretty Pixar. Much Pixar, MCU. So yeah. that's all I think there was. There was no movies well, so from Star the, Wars. There's Marvel, Pixar, and then Disney Animation Studios as well. Gotcha. So, so Strange World wasn't a Pixar movie. It was a Disney animated gotcha. film. Gotcha. Yeah. So six, five or six re- theatrical releases yeah. from Disney last year. If these were very profitable movies, which they were all reported to being, most for, mostly except for the animated ones, Disney would not be cutting 7,000 jobs to save $5 billion. Yeah, and 2021 was bad for the studio as well, ex- for their box office performances as well. So I'll it wasn't still, just I'll last still year. mock up 2021 to lockdowns and COVID, but oh, 2022 yeah, yeah. is two years removed from all of that, so there's like really no excuse anymore. Yeah, and it, the thing is Dis- Disney... They own so much that I'm sure it's difficult to get a grasp of what are we going to – what is what is our plan? You know what I mean? They, a lot of hands in the cookie jar. Yeah, there's so many things. So I can only imagine how many people are just – have are on in the positions of handling what it is that is going be, to be produced because you factor in all of the companies, all the studios they own, all of the channels they own, all of the shows and movies they're producing. Like it's it's insane – it must just be crazy to even conceive how to release it all in an orderly fashion. I think that's one of the the cons that happen with Marvel is they hit the green light on so many projects so quickly that I, I heard like you heard the rumors of Kevin Feige being stretched like pretty thin and trying to control and oversee all of these things. And there's like 10 shows and 10 movies all in production, pre-production in development in the same year and even going further than that it's just like how are you supposed to like make great great tv series and movies every time 
obviously there are hits or misses in, in these studios, especially when you're making that many movies. But how are you supposed to maintain consistency when there's so much going on? And I think that Marvel's kind of learning that by slowing down a little bit. With Disney in general, just slowing down a little bit. With We're learning the TV series. They're kind of just going with like this one season is probably going to be the end for some of these shows because there was an experiment and it didn't work out for everyone. But Mandalorian is probably like the clear diamond in the rough of a Disney Plus original that's really going to stand the test of time. And I could see that show going for like seven, ten seasons. Yeah, that's going to go at least six seasons, I would say, at the at the very least. So they have that to hold on to. And I suppose that they're going to build off of the Mando universe a little bit more and try to get maybe another spinoff going. I would like to see Mando... A Mando film, I think that would be a lot of fun to see it in theaters. So maybe they'll do something like that with Pedro Pascal. We'll see. How do you feel about bringing Grogu back? I think that Grogu was awesome and super cute, but I just think that they might have just leaned... I mean, it could have taken a new direction for the series. Have, having And also having that goodbye, it seems like it was pointless for him to just come back so quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I would have preferred for Grogu to move on and we don't see him, maybe you see him bounce around, pop up every once in a while, but I think that it it, it might just be like they're holding on to Grogu too long. Yeah, I mean, that's not that's a pretty good point, holding on to it for a little too long without letting it go to go flourish in its own way. I love the the connection between Mando and Grogu. I think it's super cute and endearing. But I would still love to just see uh, Mando going on missions by himself and messing stuff up, and it, like uh, effing people up, and like taking dudes out and just saving the day and all these. He'll cool still missions. do that. Yeah, I'll still do that. But I, I, without like the the nece- the need to kind of take care of another yeah. little like a little kid, basically. I know. Yeah, I was surprised to see Grogu come back. I, was, I, I thought was, he'd I, take the saber. Yeah. I was like, take the lightsaber, let's go, slice I, some dudes up. I was I was very surprised that they decided to stick with Rook Grogu in the show. But I mean, it's their show. And Grogu is a fan favorite. But yeah. I could have seen Grogu get in his own show, just saying. Yeah, it could have been a Grogu. Well, then you get to have Luke Skywalker. That would be sick. So Why they, the fuck not? They might not have been ready to do that. Who cares? <laughs> Why not? It worked for a few shots. Just but cast I mean, Sebastian Stan already. <laughs> the guy looks just like Mark Hamill. He does look a lot like him, yeah. Blonde hair. Lighten his hair up. Dude, he could, like, yeah. who cares? People will accept the shit out of that. They I really would. I don't see the issue with replacing the character with a different actor. I mean, if they're gonna keep, if they plan on having characters continue to be, appear on screen for decades to come, why not just make it like it's a Spider-Man, Batman, James Bond, what have you, like Tomb Raider, like just have a new actor play the character. Well, I think they're getting what we talked about the science versus technology with the AI and deepfake, where they're gonna get to a point where they don't have to hire actors and they can make Luke Skywalker TV series. That's photorealistic. Oh yeah, Luke's like forever. Oh yeah, Mark Hamill's Luke Skywalker will be appearing and stuff in thirty years, no doubt about it. And it'll, it'll be, it'll be like, hell. holy fuck, is you, that Mark Hamill? You won't be able to tell. Yeah, I think they're heading in that direction. Oh, they yeah, they're testing the waters. They're testing. I it. saw this incredible deep fake of, so it was from Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Obviously, Harrison starting to look. He's in the sixties, you know, and they deep faked it. With young indie yeah. from like the Raiders of the Lost Ark or maybe Temple of the Doom, that indie, young and tan and golden god indie, and it looked flawless. I'm not kidding. Like they, so they put him in the scenes of Crystal Skull as young indie. It looked incredible. Yeah, it did. I, I saw that as well. It's pretty uncanny. 
I was like watching him, like, wait, isn't he old in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> Someone did that with the Irishman too, and it looked better. Yeah, the uh, Pacino and De Niro they looked better with the uh, deep fake than they did with the the actual CGI animation. The thing with the Irishman is it worked really well because you you uh, your eyes got used to it when you watched that movie, especially because we, we saw it in theaters. But yeah. then when you look at stills of the Irishman when they're heavily de-aged, it doesn't really hold up as well in terms of like as still, seeing it moving the still yeah. frames. Yeah, I so see, like, I, I, I saw agree. a still frame of of Pacino as as younger Hoffa recently on Twitter. It was just a great cinematography shot, like a cool cha- account on Twitter. And it just doesn't quite look real, the still frames, versus when you're watching it in person. Seeing totally it in motion. Yeah. yeah. I think it works a lot better. Plus, Pacino still had that insane energy that was just like, how does you still have that energy at that age? Insane. Guy's unbelievable. Guy, he's crazy. Have one, you ever one seen of his, a kind. Have you ever seen, um, so, uh, what's it? It's Jack and Jill where he's in. He's got the, the dancing. Candy, and the the, the Duncan Chino. Duncan Chino. Oh, my God. He's got the moves yeah. still, man. He, and that was all him. Yeah, he's killing it. I, I had never seen the film, but I saw that online last week, and I was like, did... Pacino do a Dunkin' Donuts ad, uh, yeah. and then I was like, "Oh, it's from the movie." Yeah. I couldn't believe, honestly, I couldn't believe it. It basically was a Dunkin' Donuts ad. But what's in the movie. what's great about that? <laughs> it shows his he has absolute commitment to whatever he's doing. Yeah, because he gave that. He wasn't just like half-assing it. Like he gave that everything he had. You could tell from the dances. It's a great th- number the singing. Like he put everything into it, and I was like, "This guy. This is why he's one of the best ever." Because he just even for something like stupid, like a Dunkin' Donuts musical number in a in a, in a Sandler comedy he still gave it his all you yeah, know what I mean he's awesome something commendable about that I love Pacino man <laughs> I, I saw some photos of him recently where he's just on a walk on his own with like a, a chunky iPhone and then he's got like headphones he's just dancing, dancing <laughs> having the time of his life in broad daylight in Los Angeles and he's just that's just Pacino he's yeah. the man do you see uh Anthony Hopkins TikToks oh I've seen he's them, dancing man. all the time he's great yeah. he's always dancing yeah I love he's, Hawkins. He's a cool guy. I and, like, he, and he does. Uh, he plays a lot of piano on it too. Yeah, because he was a composer. He was a classical composer before he made it as an actor. Yeah, he's a super talented. Very guy. smart guy. But uh, I like his TikTok a lot. I like Stanley Tucci's TikTok a lot as well <laughs> because he's always cooking delicious Italian dishes. And his his just demeanor of when he's cooking is just so polite yeah. and, and well. Calming. Someone someone spoofed him on TikTok. Someone said every Stanley Tucci video, and he goes, he's just standing there, he's like. Are we rolling? Yeah, he's like, <laughs> okay, tonight we're having. I I I, I grilled some focaccia bread. And we're gonna have that with some burrata. We've been marinating these artichokes. With, it's so wonderful, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful cherry tomatoes. It's like it, it's so funny because he's such a talented actor. He's been working in film and TV for decades, but he's like, he almost seems like he doesn't know what to do with a smartphone camera. He's like. All right. Um, yeah. Is it is it on right now? Yeah, yeah. But he's but he's ironically become so much more famous than ever now. Yeah. He's people are people call him like the the sex symbol of middle aged people. <laughs> I love that guy. He's I, I got to check out his show still. I've only seen like one or two episodes. It's good. I've seen a couple episodes going through Italy and eating just amazing food. And yeah, cooking food. He's just a uh, yeah. He's very. He knows his stuff. He seems like a really cool, yeah, he, nice guy, yeah, too. He seems like, yeah. But I love people who are passionate about stuff outside of their profession, like especially like with food and wine and I stuff like that. I love food, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love him in Devil Wears Prada. He's really funny in that. He's great. Yeah. He's such a talented actor. Like when he was Hamish. cast. He's perfect as. No, he's not Hamish. No, no, not Hamish. What's his, what's his friggin' name in Hunger Games? Um, He's the announcer yeah, guy. Yeah, the he's commentator. The, the show host. But Hamish, that's Woody. Yeah. Um, but he's terrific in the Hunger Games. Like when I when they were making that movie because we read the books and we were so excited that they were in production, they cast him. And I was like, that is 
a perfect option for that character, whatever his name is. I can't remember. I haven't read them. Caesar Flickerman. Yeah, yeah. He was perfect in that role. He's terrific. That's because that reminds me of the Grammys were recently, and I made a tweet. I just posted photos of the the costumes from the Hunger Games, which in the film were terrific yeah, yeah. because the capital is so ridiculous. But then I'm like, I can't tell if it's the Grammys or the Hunger Games. <laughs> Did you same, make that? Same thing. You tweeted that? Yeah, I tweeted That's it. so it's, funny. It's the same thing. Like when you see the outfits for the Grammys, it looks like the capital in the Hunger Games. I've been saying that for years about the Grammys, especially, it's the, especially the red carpet Grammys seem to be just as wild as possible. Because the Met Gala, it can be pretty crazy and eccentric, but they have a theme. And then guests do whatever theme, do do outfits based upon the theme specifically, whereas the Grammys is just like like free-for-all, just go crazy. But the absurdity of celebrities, specifically with fashion in the Grammys, is stars come to the red carpet, like you said, with the most wild, ridiculous outfits you've ever seen in your life, but then they change into a different outfit for... When they're like accepting the ceremony, award in the, yeah. cer- in the actual ceremony, a lot of the times. Yeah, the red carpet looks different for something like that. Where but do they Where do they change? Is there like a changing? Do they have like then, their own rooms? But then the, no, yeah. So and then they go to the after, they go to an after party, but they change again into a different outfit for the after party. So they're wearing a, a crazy outfit for the red carpet, then they change, then go inside for the ceremony or to accept the reward in a different outfit. It's sure. like it's like this is wild. Well, oftentimes these ceremonies are held at um, hotels. Yeah. Like the Oscars for many decades was held at a hotel, like at the the ho- the hotel Hollywood, ho- Hollywood Hotel, yeah. whatever it's called. And so, I mean, they just show up with their teams, and then they get into different outfits. And even like like the so for the Oscars, the most famous party and the most exclusive party for the post Oscars is the Vanity Vanity Fair after party. That's where like everybody wants to go, and that's where all the A listers goes to the Vanity Fair after party. And uh, generally, generally it's the men generally most men don't change but pretty much every uh, every woman changes into a different dress uh, sometimes makeup changes sometimes hair changes it just depends and it's it it's a lot of a lot of work goes into that entire thing into the outfits into the hair and makeup so they they come they show up with their squads of people like teams hair makeup stylists Clothing stylist, everything. What ha- nail nail people like nail nail people nail people getting everything. That, getting the hair off. So and then they're just running from like one event, changing hair, makeup, go to the next event, changing hair, makeup, go to the next event, hair changing. It's a crazy night for these. But I mean, it's only it's like once a night. It's like you know, it's just like a, it's like a fairy tale kind of evening in a lot of That's ways. Wild, but, man. but the Vanity Fair after party is the party. That's where everyone that wants to go. That blows my mind. Yeah. Bringing multiple outfits for an event. It's, it's Each one costs more than a car. It's bonkers. <laughs> and then the jewelry. But a lot of times they're just getting like... It's all loan. They're renting the yeah. jewelry. It's all, or, yeah. all the dresses, are they're all on loan. Mm-hmm. They're all just like the brand will be like, hey, we're going to design a special dress for you. Or we're going to design a special suit for you for free. Just wear it. And then when they ask you what dress this is, you say the name of our company. That's it. <laughs> Same thing with jewelry. It's just a giant marketing campaign. Yeah, it's all to sell clothes. That's why on the red carpet, like, yeah. well, who are you wearing tonight? Well, I'm wearing Sears, yeah. the Husky collection. <laughs> that, that would be me if I was 11. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not like the celebrities are walking. It's not like they have these dresses or out, or suits in their homes. They don't own most of them. 99% of the time, they don't own them. They're just given to them by the brand to wear, uh, specifically made for a celebrity, what have you. And it's all oftentimes part of a new collection that the brand wants to sell. It's all it's all basically a, like kind of a, a form of market. It's 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 basically it is marketing. It's influencer marketing. It's like the original influencer marketing is what it is. And so everything's 
uh, on on loan. Like it's in yeah, it's just the way it is. Not like these celebrities don't like own these crazy extravagant outfit pieces. They probably do. You think they get paid by the brand to wear the outfit and then say it because that's their form of marketing. Is like here, we're gonna design this dress. Here's fifty k, and also make sure in the interview you say you're wearing this design by Prada. Oh, for sure, absolutely. But oftentimes it's for free. But I would say for big celebrities, like every brand wants like to dress Jennifer Lawrence. You know what I mean? For speaking of the Grammys, you know what I mean? So I'm sure she got paid to wear whatever dresses she wore that night. Was she at the Grammys? Yeah. Jennifer Lawrence? Jennifer Lopez. Oh, I thought you said Lawrence. Did I? Yeah. I thought I said Lopez. No, you said Lawrence. Sorry, Jennifer Did Lopez. Did you see the uh the Ben video? and Joe oh, man. <laughs> what exactly happened? I just I, I don't know, the, uh, but I saw the internet's just like, oh, I feel so bad for Ben Affleck. I'm like, well, I mean <laughs> <laughs> Marriage, I mean Marriage, I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Marriage is marriage for everyone. Since you're a celebrity, you're an extremely famous person. Deal yeah. with it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the life. Yeah, sometimes you gotta go to the, the you Grammys. You can always move you can always move to the middle of nowhere. Did if you Ben want. Affleck wanna go to the Grammys? Probably not. But I mean, you're married. <laughs> yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, you get a in cart. You get a, it goes, it's a two lane street, man. There's so many funny memes where he, he's just sitting there and someone's like Jennifer Lopez at the Grammys and Ben's just sitting there like Bruce Wayne, just like brooding. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. <laughs> well, heavy, he's not a musician, so it's not his, it's not his place. It's but also, his, it must like be tough because, like, you can't even sit there. And you just, have a camera on you yeah, the whole time. The entire time, there's yeah. a camera. Yeah, what are you right going to, like, you, you're being filmed on live television. Millions of people are watching. For four hours yeah, straight. Yeah, and you can't do anything. Like, you can't even, like, eat. Like, you can't even do anything. Like, you're being watched by millions. Like, it's it must be a very weird situation. Can't pick your nose. Especially when uh, when they bring the cameras, like, right up to the actors or or musicians' faces. It's like, like right it's like up sports, there. too, and, like, football. It's, it's like, like you, I guess I gotta clap now. <laughs> yeah, pre- I'm interested. You gotta pretend like it's not there. And, like, oh, that I'm was a normal. funny joke. Funny okay, joke. Okay, yeah. please get the camera away from me. Please get the camera <laughs> away from me. All right, all right. <laughs> it's so awkward. <laughs> it's a weird world. All right, oh, yeah. that wraps weekly chat number forty-three. Don't forget to tune into these episodes. We did the Last of Us was on Saturday morning the review because the episode was Friday night, so don't miss that if you have not checked it out yet. Sunday movie news, of course. Monday was an Oppenheimer everything we know episode. It was such a great breakdown. We went into the production, into the inspiration of the film, as well as background on the real world event and ramifications. Obviously, of not just World War II, but of R.J. Oppenheimer, the Manhattan Project, and the atomic bombs, as well as what we think the film will be more about, and some cool production details like the kinds of new film and technology that was developed for capturing this movie, and we can't wait for it. That's why we're so excited about it, so definitely check that one out. Oh, yeah. And then also tomorrow, Heat! What a banger of a week! We got Heat review and analysis tomorrow. It was an excellent discussion we had, so don't miss that either. It's going to be a great week, everyone. Take care, everybody. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.